Hello, everyone, and welcome into the second episode of the 44 Sports Fantasy Pod. I'm Barrett Hodgson here with Jeff Mullen and Sean Quinlan. Kobe Adams will be joining us shortly. But for now, let's get right into what happened in week one of our fantasy football league. So my team was defeated by Team Mellow by a score of 178 to 118. Uh, team Stin Bakuda defeated Kobe's team 136 to 115. Uh, Sean Quinlan's team defeated Griffin Tomashiki's team 153 to 70. Not a great showing from Griffin there. Uh, Team Kramer took down Team Eaton by a score of 144 to 130. And Team Aller got the best of Team Mullen, defeating him 151 to 140. So we have two losers this week in this podcast and one winner. So, Sean, let's get right into it. Did you have any of the top performing guys at any of the overall positions this week? Um, I did. I did have Josh Allen going for me with uh... – 297 passing yards, three touchdowns, which put up a 31.48 on fantasy. That helped me out this week. That definitely helps you out. Jeff, did you get anything special from anybody? Yeah, I got some special from uh, Cooper Cup. He dropped uh, 13 catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown, 31 points, 0.8. Yeah, you guys got lucky. Uh, I didn't really get much of anything. I got uh, a Lamar Jackson 20. So, uh, not much help not in there. Not, I, I lost by 70 points, and I scored 120. So, I didn't really have much I could do. My opponent, however, had the top uh, receiver of the week, Justin Jefferson, who had 39.4 points. He found the end zone twice. Uh, Austin Bakuda had Saquon Barkley, who put up a 33.4. He was the number one scoring running back of the week. Uh, and... Who else had a great week, Sean? Let's get into some of the, the rest of the quarterbacks who had a phenomenal week. Obviously, you mentioned Allen. So who else was in the top five? All right. So uh, for top five week performers uh, for week one, we have Mahomes at number one with uh, a 39. Uh, oh, my God, dude. My fault. A 30 for 39 day with uh, 360 passing yards, five touchdowns, which that was a uh, 34.9 on fantasy. Then, like I just said, Josh Allen had the uh, 31 points on fantasy. Then a surprise at number three this week with Carson Wentz having the number three spot with 313 yards, four touchdowns, two picks. And that was a 27 on fantasy. Number four was Jalen Hurts with 243 passing yards. Then on the rushing side, he had 17 attempts for 90 yards and a touchdown, which was good for 24 points on fantasy. And then number five was Justin Herbert with 279 passing yards, Three touchdowns, that which was a 23 on fantasy. So a lot of those guys are expected players. We'd like to welcome in Kobe Adams to the podcast, just joining us a little late. Um, How's it going? Great. A lot of the guys are our main mainstays on there. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Carson Wentz with the surprise week and four touchdowns. Uh, does anyone want to talk about maybe if he could build on that? Do we think that's a fluke week against them? Weak Jaguars defense, or is Carson Wentz going to round back into fantasy form? Yeah, I can talk about that, Barrett. Yeah, so what do you think? Do you think this was just a product of Jacksonville's defense being pretty awful, or do you think Wentz has the weapons around him to be productive this season? I do think Wentz can be above average. I think this was a little too high 
of a scale to set for him. But I think he can round out probably around like 21 points a week. And probably because Jahan Dotson had a great week this week. He looked very good. McLaurin really didn't do much, but he still played decent, caught that long touchdown. He does have the weapons around him. Antonio Gibson had a bunch of catches. This team does have the weapons. And like I said, I think Wentz definitely can stay consistent in fantasy, but definitely not as high as he is right now. Yeah, I agree. I think that Wentz overall, I mean, he's had obviously an up and down career and that goes with fantasy. Um, but he has dots and like you mentioned, he has McLaurin. He also has Curtis Samuel had a nice week overall. He's throwing the ball, throwing balls to running backs. Uh, a couple, he has Logan Thomas as his tight end. So he has guys. I think it'll be interesting to see how he does, especially in a weak division. Uh, and the only quarterback I want to touch on, Kobe, maybe you could touch on this a little bit. Jalen Hurts. So he did not throw a touchdown pass in week one, but he had the fourth most fantasy points for a quarterback, and he rushed the ball 17 times. Do you think this is attainable for a quarterback to get 17 carries a week? I really do, and I think that's why it's important. When you're looking for a fantasy quarterback, you got to have a guy that can at least run a little bit, if not be a great runner. Because in today's NFL, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are dual threat. And some of them are really good at it. Jalen Hurts was, what, the number five quarterback last year? Yeah. So I think, obviously, and he didn't throw too many touchdowns last year. He didn't have a crazy amount of yards. He can definitely do that again. Lamar Jackson's another example. Guys that can run the ball like that, their coaches are going to use that. Yeah, and Hurts actually had uh, two times throughout this game where he was either tackled at the one-yard line or he threw a pass to somebody who was tackled at the one-yard line. So that 24 easily could have been a 30 uh, with a little bit of luck on his side. So let's get into the running backs before. And Jeff, maybe you could touch on those a little bit. I know we uh, talked about Saquon Barkley slotting as the number one spot with 33.4, but let's see the next four uh, players in that category. Yeah, so we have at number two, Jonathan Taylor, 27.5. It's a reasonable to think that Jonathan Taylor is going to score that many points this week. At three, we have DeAndre Swift that dropped at 26.5. The Lions scored about 35 points this week, had a great week. He was the main focal point of the team. Number four, we got Kareem Hunt, who scored 23 points. He had two touchdowns, one receiving, and then one rushing touchdown. And then at five, we have Cordell Patterson that uh, had a 22.6, who had a great week, too. Yeah, those guys got some interesting names on there. And, of course, we have uh, mainstays like Jonathan Taylor. I think Saquon Barkley looks like he's back into form already. Um, but, Sean, maybe you can give me what you think of the DeAndre Swift game. I mean, he faced a pretty good front seven uh, in the Eagles, and he ran for 144 yards. Do you think this Lions – offensive lines to be able to give him gaps like they did last week to have multiple 100-yard performances throughout the season? Well, you would think so. Over the years, they've been building that O-line with multiple first-round draft picks. And uh, Jared Goff always loves to dump the ball off. Uh, he is a game manager of sorts. Uh, he picks up blitz as well, so he'll be in there on passing plays as well, which gives him um, a lot of opportunities to touch the ball but for the running so to speak um i do think they're in a division where uh, they could pound pound some teams down uh just running the ball down the, the field um but just another thing just on the running backs um what a day for, to be a running back on sunday over 20 points 
these are also running backs with 20 points. Clyde had a 22 points. Hilliard for the uh, Titans had 21.9. Joe Mixon had 21.5. A.J. Dillon had a 20.1. And Antonio Gibson had a 20. So not a bad day to be a running back. Yeah, a lot of, lot of running backs with solid overall days. Uh, it's just out of those names, you don't see guys like Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Alvin Kamara. She had some of those uh, secondary tier players step up. Um, Kobe, maybe you could touch on uh, the number four scoring running back this week, Kareem Hunt. I know you had him in a couple of leagues, and I was very high on Kareem Hunt coming into this season because I think they're going to need to use him to be good. So what do you think of Kareem Hunt's two-touchdown day? Yeah, I was very high on Kareem Hunt this year. With that Watson suspension and Brissett being under center for the majority of the season, I think that they're going to use their running backs a lot more than anyone else on the team. And Kareem Hunt caught four passes, caught every single target that was thrown to him. And he was highly efficient on every touch he got. I think the volume is just going to be there for both running backs. I think he'll be able to sustain it. Maybe not 20 points every week, but he can definitely give you double digits, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think Hunt will be a mainstay in that offense. And coming at number five, with, uh, one would say Scorderell Patterson. I think he's just going to be a guy that kicks around all year. He's always going to have between 10 and 20. He'll eclipse 20 a couple of times. He'll be below 10 here and there, but he'll probably average right around 15. He just gets it done and he catches passes. So with that, the running backs have been wrapped up. And let's get into the top five receivers from this week. Sean, maybe you can get into that for us. Yeah, sure can. So at number one was Justin Jefferson, who had a day, nine catches for 184 yards, two touchdowns on 11 targets, which was a 39.4 on fantasy, which led everyone. Um, Cooper Cup had 13 catches for 128 yards and a touchdown on 15 targets, which was a 31.8 in fantasy. At number three, Devontae Adams, 10 catches, 141 yards, and also a touchdown. On 17 targets, which was the most targets out of week one, which was a uh, 30 points on fantasy. Then at number four, Jamar Chase, 10 catches for 129 yards and a touchdown on 16 targets, which was a 28 on fantasy. Then at number five, might surprise some people, might not, uh, Michael Pittman, uh, nine catches, 121 yards and a touchdown on 13 targets, very efficient, um, 27 points on fantasy. And then also, just like I said, for the running backs, other run, uh, wide receivers that had over 20, Jerry Judy, 20 points. Uh, St. Brown for the Lions, 20.4. Uh, Devin Duvernay for the Ravens, 21.4. Robbie Anderson, 21.5. Michael Thomas, 22.7. A.J. Brown, 25.5. And Stephon Diggs, 26.2. Yeah, so really an interesting breakdown of the receivers here. I mean, you got... Pretty much every stud receiver had a good week this week. I mean, Jefferson, Cup, Chase, those are supposed to be the first three receivers off the board in your draft. Adams is probably going number four. Diggs is either five or six. Um, so none of these guys are really a surprise. But, Jeff, maybe you could touch on Michael Pittman's production this week. And we've seen Matt Ryan have multiple uh, top 12 receivers throughout uh, his fantasy years. Do you think Pittman could be the next? Roddy White, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley type of player? I really do. I've been high on Michael Pittman ever since last year, his rookie year. He even got a bunch of targets last year with Wentz. Obviously, 
went sometimes is up and down, like we talked about earlier. But uh, with Matt Ryan over there, he's already got 13 targets the first week. There's not many other weapons they have besides Jonathan Taylor, like on the outside for wide receiver or anything, like any big names. So I definitely do think Michael Pittman can keep this up. And I think he'll probably score around 18 to 20 points a week. Yeah, I agree. I think Pittman could be an absolute stud this year. And now, Kobe, I want to jump over to you because Michael Thomas was a really interesting one from week one. He was really quiet through the, through the first three quarters. The Saints offense was abysmal for, through three quarters. And all of a sudden, the fourth quarter comes around, and they're throwing it to their guy. He scores two touchdowns and a comeback win. So what do you make of Michael Thomas' week one? And can you see him being more of a red zone threat going forward? Or do you think he's going to be that guy that gets back to eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown every week? Yeah, I really think he's back to full form. And I touched on this in the first uh, first podcast. I think he can be a top 10 receiver this year in fantasy. And that's just because when he's fully healthy, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL, hands down. He just finds a way to get open all the time. You throw him the ball, he's not going to drop it. He's pretty good after the catch, too. I just think he's going to be – it's not just a red zone thing. I think he's going to get more targets as the season goes. And as that rapport with him and uh, Winston builds. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Thomas could honestly become Winston's red zone threat, which could be really scary because throughout his career, we've seen Thomas as a guy who catches 10 to 14 passes for 150 yards, but every once in a while he'd fail to find the end zone. So if he turns into this dominant red zone threat, Michael Thomas could be really scary. Uh, just to touch on a couple other guys, Amon Ross St. Brown, Started the year like he ended last year, the 20.4, eight catches on 12 targets. He's going to be a mainstay. And then I think two really interesting guys in this list that you mentioned, Sean, are Devin Duvernay and Robbie Anderson. Duvernay catches two touchdown passes, four for 54. Um, if he doesn't spend the end zone, it's not a great day, but they don't really have a lot of receivers over there besides Mark Andrews at tight end. So I think Duvernay could be a nice piece. And then the other one is Robbie Anderson had five catches for 102 and a touchdown. Uh, I actually think this has holds pretty big value because Baker Mayfield throws a good deep ball. And Robbie Anderson's really struggled in the past two seasons because he hasn't been able to have someone throwing the ball down the field. So I think uh, this is more fire than just smoke for Robbie Anderson. Um, but next, let's get into the tight end. Not a great week for the position overall. Um, but Jeff, why don't you give us a breakdown of the top five scoring tight ends this week? Yeah, so at number one, we have Travis Kelsey, who had a great week, and that's what was expected of him at 26.1. And the next three that actually come in are pretty, like, they're surprises. O.J. Howard had a 17.8. Taysom Hill, tight end Taysom Hill, had 15.3. Gerald Everett had a 14.4. And then another surprise at five, Will Disley had a 10.3. A lot of the tight ends didn't perform this week, but we definitely got some surprises this week. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that, uh, I mean, O.J. Howard's got to be the shocking one, right? I mean, he just, he comes off of getting released. He gets it from the Bills. Then he goes on a visit with the Bengals. He doesn't sign there. He ends up in Houston. He knows their playbook for about 10 days, and he comes out and catches two touchdown passes. So that's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, Taysom Hill also overall, I mean, is he going to break a 80-yard rush every week? Probably not. But two oh, yeah. guys I do want to want to talk about is um, either Sean or Kobe. 
jump in on Gerald Everett because I think he's an interesting one. Kobe, I see you own him in our league right here. So maybe you could touch on Gerald Everett and if you think he could be a big weapon for uh, Justin Herbert. Yeah, I, I do because you look at the past tight ends that Herbert has had, Hunter Henry and Jared Cook, they were both fairly successful in fantasy when they were playing with him. And Gerald Everett was always a guy that he would give you weeks here, here and there. Uh, if the guy in front of him was injured or whatnot, he was always a flyer. But I think that offense just utilizes their tight end so well that he's going to catch a lot of touchdowns and he'll probably get a lot of looks overall too, first down situations, whatnot. Yeah, Everett is definitely an interesting one because they have so many weapons on the Chargers. I mean – between their receiver room, we saw DeAndre Carter catch a touchdown this week. So it's interesting to see where those red zone targets will go. And, Sean, maybe you can jump in on Will Disley. Could this be the revival of Will Disley this season? I mean, we saw Geno Smith have a decent rapport with him last night. He caught that long touchdown pass. Do you think Will Disley is secretly the tight end one in Seattle, or is that just a slow Noah Font week? Um, I would say it's more on uh, Gino's first week back as a starter, getting in rhythm with an offense. Uh, if you look at his week, uh, he only goes targeted three times, so he was successful on three times with a touchdown. But there's a lot in that offense for him to be a boom this year, in my opinion. There's just the DK factor, the locket factor. There's the big tight end group with five and a couple other people they were throwing to last night. And then just the run game in general with Penny, I, I just don't see enough targets for this league this year to be effective on a weekly basis of fantasy. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I mean, we saw Colby Parkinson really on a touchdown, which was made him good for tight end eight on the week. Just a couple other notes on the tight end. Uh, we saw Dalton Schultz have a 13.2. That was before Doc Prescott got hurt. Pat Fryermuth had a 12.5, but Marky Andrews was relatively quiet when he only had a 10. Hawkinson with a 7.8. Uh, and the big, big boss of week one was honestly Kyle Pitts with a 3.9. Uh, Kyle Pitts owners, do you think they should be worried, Jeff, that he only had a 3.9 in week one? Did, I mean, Mariota used to like Delaney Walker a lot, so people had high hopes for Pitts. So what's your opinion on that? Right now, I wouldn't, like, overreact just immediately on Pitts. It was week one. I, You should be a little nervous, though, because, honestly, I have Pitts in 44 sports, and I drafted him at a good value, I thought. So I, he should get used more. That team, Drake London, had a good week. He was getting targeted a lot. So Pitts definitely does – is going to get targeted, but the week one definitely didn't look successful so far. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a concern, but I don't think it's something to overreact at quite yet. So next, let's just get into a couple of players on the waiver wire. I'm going to list off some names. Uh, you guys, let me know. Uh, we'll, I'll pick one of you guys individually and just let me know if you think that this guy is worth a waiver or not. So to start, we're going to go Carson Wentz. So I know uh, we talked about Wentz earlier. Uh, I personally think he's worthy of an ad. Uh, I think everyone here would probably agree with his weapon around him. But next, let's get into some running backs. Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, he's supposed to be the starter now for the 49ers. We've seen this in years past. So, Kobe, uh, what do you think about Jeff Wilson Jr.? Do you think this is his job to lose? Do you think this is going to be more of a com committee with Elijah Mitchell going down? Just give me your overall opinions on uh, 
if you shouldn't use a waiver claim on Jeff Wilson Jr. I think Wilson is definitely a guy you should go after. Uh, that offense just likes to run the ball so much that even if it is a committee, he's definitely the most experienced guy in that backfield. He's going to get a lot more touches than everyone else. They might get a few, but I think he's going to handle all the high-value situations and whatnot. He knows the playbook. He's been there for a couple of years now. And they were talking in the preseason about how much they were excited to have him back. So I think he's definitely going to have a good week. As long, or He might stay good as long as Elijah Mitchell's out. Yeah, I think Wilson's definitely working out as well. A uh, couple more running backs. Kenyon Drake, he was the starter week one with Dobbins out. Uh, didn't really impress. Um, so, Jeff, what do you think? Do you think Drake's worthy of an ad? I mean, when Dobbins comes back, do you think he's going to have any sort of value at all? I really don't think he's going to have much value. If you want to take a flyer on him try to pick him up, I guess I'd, you can put in a waiver claim for him. But when Dobbins gets back, he's going to take most of the snaps in that backfield. And I just truly don't think Drake's really going to be that much of a factor in that Ravens offense with Dobbins there. Yeah, especially with how he performed. It was an ugly week one for Drake, especially against the Jets' defense is not that good. Uh, I mean, maybe if he came out and he showed something a little bit more, but I honestly wouldn't waste a claim on Drake. And uh, one more running back I want to get into, Sean. Maybe you can give us a little thought process on this but Brandon Bolden came out and he was the pass catching back for the Raiders this week uh, we didn't see any Amir Abdullah Josh Jacobs only caught one pass that week so is Brandon Bolden going to become this James White type of player on the Josh McDaniels offense or do you think that's just smoke yeah good point with uh the connection with Josh McDaniels um it very well could I know it was just week one but uh if they looked very pass heavy um Josh Jacobs really wasn't too effective. Um, a lot of targets were going towards Devontae Adams' way, but with a staggered O-line and Derek Carr needing to rush to get the ball out, um, maybe it's not smoke. I don't know. Maybe you could add him weight on the bench a little bit. Uh, if he doesn't pan out, it could always be a drop, but who knows with that backfield. Uh, Josh Jacobs every year is supposed to be the guy, but it's never like outstanding performances by Josh Jacobs. So who knows, Brandon Bolden could have a, uh, some sneaky weeks going forward. Yeah, I think Bolden definitely might have some sneaky value. And next, let's jump into the wide receiver. So a guy that isn't owned in a lot of weeks, uh, Curtis Samuel. Um, let's go to uh, Jeff on this one because we talked about the commander's weapons earlier. Do you think with all those weapons around, Curtis Samuel is worth an ad in uh, going into week two? I mean, he did have eight catches on 11 targets. So what do you think? I definitely think that he's uh, a good ad. He had 11 targets, like you said. He had 72 yards and a touchdown. He's also always been a versatile player, even when he played with the Panthers. He had that good little stretch um, in fantasy for a little bit. And I think he can do the same thing with the Redskins. They do have weapons within Dotson and uh, Terry McLaurin. But if Wentz likes uh, Curtis Samuel, like we saw in week one, he could have some very good weeks coming forward um, as a good ad. Yeah, I agree. I think Samuel is definitely someone who might be seeing a lot of action. Um, overall, next, Kobe, let's jump to you quick. Uh, another player who had a sneaky week one and might be worth a look uh, is Zay Jones. He had six catches for 65 yards on nine targets. Uh, he appears to be the wide receiver, too, in Jacksonville. Uh, what do you think about Zay Jones? 
Um, I think you should probably just leave him on the waiver wire. <laughs> they, uh, along with the addition of Christian Kirk this offseason, they still got Marvin Jones, who, even though Marvin wasn't utilized as much as Zay Jones this week, I think going forward, Marvin Jones is a lot more reliable. He's going to get a lot more looks. I They were thrown to the running backs a decent amount, too. I just don't think this offense is going to be good enough to sustain three receivers and the running game. I just don't see that happening. All right. And our last wide receiver ad that maybe you could consider, uh, Devin Duvernay. Uh, what do you think, Sean? Do you think Duvernay is going to be a guy for Lamar Jackson this year? Or do you think this was more just a fluke week where he's on the end zone twice? Um, I don't believe this is a fluke. Um, I believe he's going to have to be the guy if the Ravens really want to elevate the offense to a triple threat with just the whole Lamar action of him passing, running, and also throwing the ball. Um, he's definitely going to have to boom this year if the Ravens want to compete, man. They really don't have any weapons on the outside besides Mark Andrews. And uh, Mark Andrews can't be the, the guy if you want to really – make a run you you have to have attacks down the field and he could open up the field so if Lamar could get open scramble he could find some big plays with Devin Duvernay down the field yeah I agree and I think one on the wide receiver like I talked about earlier Robbie Anderson uh he had those five catches for 100 yards and a touchdown I think Anderson's definitely worth an ad because we know Baker can throw a good deep ball and they're going to be down in games, so they're going to have to throw. So I think Robbie Anderson is another guy, if he's on your waivers, you should definitely look for him. Uh, and then in terms of tight ends, does anyone have a tight end that is available in most leagues that they think is worth adding? I mean, I see a couple guys' names, but I don't think I waste a waiver claim on them. Uh, so anyone just jump in here if you have somebody. I think if if you don't have a tight end that's proven to be a solid tight end week in and week out, um Logan Thomas is worth a look although if you're concerned about injuries then I think Taysom Hill could be a guy that you look at because I think yeah as you said earlier he's not going to break off an 80-yard touchdown run every week but at the same time I feel like he proved again that that offense should keep using him because of how dynamic he is and he can catch the ball too so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a lot of um, utilization in the red zone. Another tight end, um, he might not be a free agent in most leagues, but Tyler Higby, um, just with the A-Rob not being productive last week, don't know what he's going to look like week in and week out. Tyler Higby might have a uh, stronger role going forward. Yeah, I could see Higby also being in the same type of position as Logan Thomas. Um, for our last five minutes of the episode, let's just get into our starts of the week. Uh, so, Jeff, why don't you lead us off and give us your star of the week and break down why. Yeah, so my star of the week this week is A.J. Dillon. He had a great week one. He dropped 20.1 points, carried the ball 10 times to 45 yards, touchdown. In the passing game, he actually led the Packers with five catches for 46 yards. And they're facing a Bears team this week that actually just allowed 176 rushing yards. Um, to a 49ers team. It was it was raining out that game, so obviously they were trying to run more, but still 176 rushing yards is a lot. So with Dylan looked like he was getting a lot of the carries, they obviously have Aaron Jones still, but it looks like it's a split backfield. So I think they're going to rely on guys like A.J. Dillon this week against um, the Bears. 
Yeah, we did see a lot of Dylan this week, and I could definitely see that continuing in weeks going forward. Uh, so, Sean, what about you? Let's hear your, your start of the week this week. So, um, he might not have put up the most fantasy points, but mine is James Robinson with a 19.9 points on fantasy, just on the fact that he made it clear that he's still that guy, still the back over there. With questions coming into the season with Travis Etienne, I, I just think it's clear that he's going to be running a lot more than Etienne. He had 11 carries for 66 yards and then had a catch for a touchdown. Um, but just Etienne didn't look too good. Um, James Robinson, looking forward, probably going to be getting most of the carries over there. So, yeah, that's my start of the week. Yeah, James Robinson definitely looked good in week one, bouncing back from that Achilles injury. Uh, he looked like he was getting a lot of a downhill carry. So I, I could definitely see Robinson having a similar role as Dylan, actually, uh, going forward. And Kobe, what about you? Do you have a start of the week that you like this week? I'm going to go with Rex Burkhead. There was a lot of hype built up around rookie running back Damian Pierce, and everyone thought he was going to be the lead guy this year. But I guess I guess the coaching staff thought otherwise, and they clearly trust Burkhead more. He played 71% of the snaps. It wasn't really much of a split. He played 30 more snaps than Pierce. And his value in the passing game is so high. I mean, he had eight targets, and they're – they might be playing from behind a lot of the time, especially this week against Denver. That could be a slow-paced game. They might do a lot of dump-offs. So I like Rex Burkhead this week. Burkhead definitely could get the volume in the passing game to be a very valuable start this week. And now uh, for my start of the week, I'm actually going to go with Christian Kirk uh, with from the Jacksonville Jaguars. He matches up with Indianapolis this week. Uh, they just gave up a big week to number one wide receiver for the Texans. Brandon Cooks, who had 82 yards receiving. Uh, Kirk comes off of a week one where he had 12 targets. He only caught six of those passes, but he had 117 yards. Didn't find the end zone. I think it's definitely a week this week where he may have to find the end zone to stay in the game. I think the Colts are going to come out kind of angry and go up big, so I think we're going to see a lot of passing overall. But my start of the week is Christian Kirk. Um, and before we end things, uh, is there anything anybody wants to add, maybe a player you're scared about moving forward, uh, anything at all? I've got a few. Um, going forward, uh, what happened to Devontae Smith? Put up a 0, 0.0 on four targets. Um, then maybe Tom Brady, 10.3 going in week one. And then uh, Derek Carr looked not too good with three picks. So, oh, and Aaron Rodgers with a three. So QB play. Kind of suspect uh, on Sunday. Yeah, those guys definitely might be put giving you a bit of a scare. I think uh, C.D. Lamb could be a guy, depending on – I know they think Dak is only going to miss four weeks, but these next four weeks for C.D. might be rough. Uh, and then another guy, uh, Cam Akers, he did not play much in week one. Coaching staff is not like what they've seen out of him. He put up a 0.0 like Devontae Smith. And I think that's a bad look for Akers. Jeff, do you have anybody that you're a little bit worried about? Yeah, I actually do. It's uh, Mari Cooper. With the way the Browns have been playing, they are a run-heavy team. And with not having Deshaun Watson for a while, Jacoby Brissett's going to be at quarterback. And I think Brissett is definitely good enough to help Cooper in some ways. But the way Cooper was drafted, I don't believe you're going to see the value 
at that spot. So I think Amari Cooper is there should be caution around him. Yeah, I definitely think Cooper moving forward, maybe a sketchy start. And last but not least, Kobe, do you have any players that uh, what you saw in week one may scare you moving forward? Yeah, I'm not going to overreact too much on week one. So there's really just one guy that I'm a little nervous about going forward, and that's Hunter Renfro. We saw that Devontae Adams got 17 targets from Derek Carr. And they also have Darren Waller. I just, they're going to throw a lot out of the backfield, as we mentioned with Brandon Bolden earlier. I don't see the volume being there for Renfro going forward. And he might lose a lot of red zone targets too. Yeah, Renfro definitely could lose a lot of red zone targets. We also saw him have a significant drop in third down targets this week with the addition of Adams. Uh, so with that, that'll be uh, the wrap-up of the 44 Sports Fantasy Pod for this week. Uh, be sure to listen in next week. Uh, I'm your host, Barrett Hodgson, alongside Jeffrey Mullen, Sean Quillen, and Kobe Adams. Everybody have a great night, and thank you for listening.